Well, good morning, Grace Church. I just want to say it's an honor to be with you uh, this morning. Your church has such a, an amazing history, and but every time we've come, you've made us feel just as part of your beautiful family, and uh, we just so thankful. We're just so thankful too how you've loved on our kids and our grandkids, and they love it here so much. And uh, we look forward to hearing some wonderful things uh, in the future. Um, I will tell you another uh, little text that I got from Zach one time. It's, he was in college, and he said this, Dear Dad, no mun, no fun, your son. <laughs> and I responded back, too bad, so sad, your dad. <laughs> well, happy Father's Day to all the dads. And um, had several of the staff ask me this morning, said, are you going to tell any stories on Zach? And I said, well, I have to be very careful with that because he'll decide what nursing home I go into in a few years. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to keep them very uh, short this morning. We turn to your neighbor today and say, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Now turn to the person on the other side who was your second choice and say, you look like you could use some church. <laughs> sure. I want to speak to you for just a few minutes today on knowing that uh, God has a plan for you. And I, I know this, uh, I, I grew up in church, and my mom and dad were both ministers, and uh, they pastored the Concord Church for 10 years, became district supervisors for 18 years. And um, I know this, that God has a plan for everyone in this room. There are things that come into our life that derail that plan at times, uh, but no matter what, uh, what you've been through, no matter what you've done, you have not disqualified yourself from the plan of God. And I think that's important for us to know. And I'm not going to sit here today and give you this pie-in-the-sky version of life with Jesus, because how many of you know life's hard? Life can get tough. Life has its challenges. You have your failures I have mine. But everyone here today has had disappointments, but none of that changes who God is and his plans for you. And I'll tell you this, you desperately need God on your best days as much as you needed him on your worst. God is uh, there and he loves us and he desperately wants to be part of your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But what happens when life doesn't turn out the way you thought it should? How should we respond? I want to give you three uh, short things this morning. And the first one's this, God has plans and he has promises. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Notice the scripture says, in all things. 
It doesn't say that uh, God uh, is a good God uh, for all things. It says in all things. Because how many of you know it's easy to see God in a situation on the other end of that situation? But God's promise for us is that in the middle of whatever you're going through, he has always been there. No matter what has happened, and uh, God is saying that in the middle of a storm, in the middle of your situation, in the middle of any problem you will face or you'll, you'll, you'll go through, God has been in it with you. There's not, a, there's not a pain in your life that God can't use. That's so important for us to understand. But there is a condition that says that all things work together for good for those who love him. Now, how many of you know that he's not talking about perfection? How many of you know we, most of us mess that up today? But we're not talking about people who have it all together. God's just looking for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Not our purpose, not someone else's purpose for us. How many of, how many of you parents in here have had, had great ideas of what your kids were going to be when they grew up? We, we had great ideas for Zach. Zach, Zach, was very, <laughs> Zach was very intelligent growing up. I mean, he was just, he was just smart. He just, it just came so natural for him. So we, just, we thought it would be a great idea for him to be a doctor. That way he could take care of mom and dad as we got older and uh, just be a great, uh, great we, we just had a great purpose and plan for Zach's life. But that wasn't God's plan. I'll never forget the night he came to us after a service at Camp Courtney and said, Dad, he said, I just, I just got to let you know something. He said, I believe God's calling me into the ministry. And I, I grew up in the ministry, and I, I just, I knew that possibly couldn't be true. <laughs> Man, we, we had, we had, I'd watched my parents struggle and, you know, live in houses that weren't theirs their whole life, and, and, you know, impoverished at times, and I just said, Zach, man, you really need to think through this. He said, Dad, he said, I know what it is that God's called me to be, and you know what? I, I looked at him, and I don't, know, I don't know if he remembers these words. I said, well, Zach, you just go be the best preacher you can be, and you change this world. Even when it seems like we're a failure, God hasn't forgotten us. God is always with us. How many of you can say that in the hard times, God's been there? Even in the painful times, God's been there. God's keeping my life together. Even when it seems like everyone else has left, even it seems when everything's falling apart, God is there. How many of you have experienced God in this when your money runs out before the bills do? God's been there. And he was faithful. Even when it seems that I'm a failure, God hasn't forgotten me. And even at your lowest place in your life, God will sometimes place someone in your life that will encourage you and can turn your life around. Or maybe God will use you to turn someone else's life around. When Zach was a freshman in high school, he, he weighed 98 pounds soaking wet. A little more than that right now. But Zach never, one time in his life did he ever play on a winning team. He, he, every team he ever played in, they would lose. Sometimes going through seasons, they never won a game.
But we watched Zach, and we would encourage him, and, uh, and Zach would always be the one on the team that would be encouraging people, saying, we, we can do this. Come on, guys, we can win. He was always uh, pushing others to be their best, and we saw that in Zach, but for some reason, every one of his teams never would win a game. His freshman year in high school, he decided that he wanted to go out for wrestling, and we said, well, maybe this will be good for Zach. He'll be able to compete with kids, his own weight and his own size. And, you know, he's gritty. He, he tries hard. All season long, he never won a match. <laughs> I leaned over toward the end of the season, and I told my wife, I said, your son... He's going to know every light configuration in Cabarrus County because he's always on his back looking up. <laughs> we got to the very last match of the season, and I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to encourage him, trying to just do what I can as a dad to help him get through this. And I said, Zach, I said, You've, you've worked hard all year long, son. You, you, nobody out there out hustles you. Nobody out there. I said, just a matter of getting some skill and learning some technique. I said, but I'm going to give you a little bit of help this morning. I said, if you win one match today, last tournament of the season, I said, I'm going to shave my mustache off. <laughs> I'd had it for 18 years. I said, if you win two matches, I said, I'm going to shave my head. <laughs> he said, really, Dad? I said, yeah. I'm, I said, I don't care how you win them. <laughs> I, I mean, you do what you've got to do. I don't care how you win. But if you win, if you win one, I'm going to shave my mustache. If you win two, I'm going to shave them both off. We dropped him off at the school. He rode the bus to the tournament. We get to the tournament. He comes walking up. He's just grinning from ear to ear. Well, I knew he hadn't wrestled yet because he wasn't supposed to wrestle. He said, Dad, he said, the mustache is gone. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I got to forfeit the first batch. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, wait a minute now. I said, I, he said, you said anyway. I said, I did. I said, the mustache is gone. Well, by then, the whole gymnasium had heard what was going on. Zach gets up to wrestle his second match. He looks up in the stands. He's, he's, he's there in his position. And he looks up and he goes. <laughs> you remember that? Would you know that guy pinned his opponent in just a matter of a couple minutes? <laughs> now the mustache is gone, the head is shaved. We're so excited, and we're just, we're just really happy for Zach. And we're, we're just, just telling him how proud we are of him. And all of a sudden, one of the um, local high school coaches walks up. He's the number one coach in the county of schools, won state champions. He said, hey, Zach. He said, 
I just want to tell you something. I know it's been a hard year. He said, I know you've had some tough times. He said, but I've watched you. He said, you're gutsy. You hustle. He said, you've got something inside of you that I can't teach kids. He said, if you hang with it, he said, one day you could be a state champion. (laughs) And, And I'm going... (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. It's been a tough year now, I'm telling you. Zach thanked him. Fast forward three years later. We're at the Charlotte Coliseum, and Zach's getting ready to wrestle for the state championship. Uh, we, we've got this huge group of friends and fans there, and we're going crazy. He is wrestling the three-time state champion, undefeated, Mr. Wrestler in North Carolina. My wife called him the Little Green Giant. <laughs> He's, he, uh, their uniforms were green, and he was muscular. They introduced... They introduced them uh, from Allegheny High School. They gave his name, three-time state champion, three-time conference champion, regional champion, undefeated, Justin Parlier, and the crowd just goes crazy. Zach Burris. Zach has a grade point average of (laughs) 4.2. He's in the Bible club at his school. (laughs) And the match begins, and Zach fights his little heart out. He's so despondent. We're going crazy, though. We're just so excited and so proud of him. We just saw God working through this the whole year. He was the only, Zach, that was the only kid Zach lost to the whole year, and it was at a, a regional match, and um, I had to go find Zach. We couldn't find him after the match, and I went and found him, and he was in a hallway, and his head was down between his legs, and he was just crying, and it, it was not as much about losing as it was. He felt like he had disappointed his friends and family, and I went and put my, my arm around him, and I said, son, I said, Boy, life's hard sometimes, isn't it? I said, but Zach, you've, you've accomplished so much over the years. And I said, you've got, you've got family and friends here celebrating with you. And I said, Coach Ray told you that you could. And you, you know what? You've, you've done the best that you possibly could do. I said, let's go thank those friends and family for coming and support you. And he did. And, um, and it was so awesome just to see God's faithfulness in his life. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is it's so easy to forget his faithfulness at times. For some of you, it's been a while since you've thanked God for the hard times. That's not easy, is it? It's been a while since you realized that God was there with you and he never left you. 
Let today be a reminder in all things he works together for good. You know, I've made a decision in my life and, um, that I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. That if no one goes with me, I'm still going to follow him. I'm 65 years old. 65 strong, somebody. But I'm 65 years old. I don't know how much life I'll, I have left, but I can promise you this. It will be spent following Jesus. By the way, getting old is not really all that bad. You, you wouldn't believe the discounts I get now. <laughs> but I grew up in church. My mom and dad, uh, if the church doors were open, we were there. I told a friend this week, I said, I said you know, I had a drug problem growing up. I was drugged to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> I was drugged to church Sunday night, Wednesday night. But let me tell you something this morning, Grace Covenant, that drug still flows in my veins today. I've experienced the goodness of God. I've experienced the presence of God. And sometimes, though, I'll get in this little pity party mood and I'll say, you know what? It's, I've done my job. It's time for the next generation to take my place. And, and there's some truth to that, but I also don't want to close the door behind me and be a pew warmer the rest of my life. Because I know that church really isn't about me. Church really isn't about you this morning, folks. It's about those who have yet come through the doors. And if we shut the door behind us and just kind of put ourselves out there to rest. And I know you guys have a great group of seniors in this church and been blessed to be with them at times. Uh, it's about those who have yet to come. The third thing this morning is live a life that reveals Jesus. First Peter 6, 7 says, This brings you great joy, although you may have to suffer for a short time in various trials. Such trials show the proven character of your faith, which is much more valuable than gold, gold that is tested by fire, even though it is passing away and will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Listen, your faith will not be revealed on top of your mountains. Your faith will be revealed in the deepest, deepest parts of your valley. Some of you are experiencing the deepest part of your lives right now. And I want to tell you something. God can show himself faithful to you right where you are. Some of us have let the things of the past, the trials keep us from moving into things the Lord has for us today. But let me tell you something this morning, church. The very thing that you've been through is what God will use you. To help someone else that's going through the very same thing. Are you living a life, your life in a way that it is inviting and not uninviting? This is one of the most important things I'll say this morning. Listen, if people don't matter to you, they will never know they matter to God. 
When I was in the fifth grade, I, I really struggled in school. I had no motivation. Um, matter of fact, if I ever brought home a C, my mama was doing a Jericho dance. I mean, <laughs> I just, I didn't apply myself. I struggled. My resume would have read something like this. Lacks motivation. Does just enough to get through. Doesn't live up to his potential. Good luck. My favorite classes were honors recess. <laughs> AP lunch. And let me tell you, I was good at AP lunch. I had a way of, the first day of school, I, I met the ladies that worked in the cafeteria line, and I knew their first name. I'd come in every day and just speak to them and tell them how nice they looked that day, and they would just say, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> I would walk out of that cafeteria with a plate of food, and everybody would say, how do you do that? I had a teacher named Miss Brakefield, and she was always challenging me to do my best. She said, Jeff, I know there's more in there. You, you've, Jeff, you're, you've got to apply yourself. There's so much potential. It was at the end of the school year, and we're getting our assignments that would really determine a lot of what our final grade would be, and we'd been studying U.S. history. And she announced to the class that we were going to be paired up for this assignment. And I watched as she began to pair everybody up, and I knew nobody wanted to be paired with me. But I also knew there were a couple other people in the class that nobody wanted to be paired up with. And I knew that's who I was going to end up with. It ended up coming down to a, a, me and a kid named Marty. We were the last two. Marty was a very quiet kid who was very nerdy. But Marty was smart. He was the smartest kid in our class. She put us together and gave us our assignment. We just had to pick a uh, person in history, and we had to have two forms of, of our assignment. Had to have a written report and then something visual for everybody to see. So Marty and I, of course, waited to the last minute. We got together the Saturday before it was due on Monday. Marty and I were on, we lived in two different parts of town. Marty lived on Union Street. That's the street that runs right through downtown Concord where all the fancy houses are and the, where the money was. I lived on American Avenue. American Avenue was known for two things. It had the best sledding hill in Cabarrus County, and it's where, uh, it was known for being low income and rough area. So I told Marty, I said, we'll just meet at your house. 
I lived about a mile away, so I rode my bike to Marty's house that Saturday morning, and um, I said, what are we going to do? He said, I don't know what you want to do. I said, well, I said, um, we need to do a report. He said, yeah, I looked out in the front yard, and there's this huge refrigerator box out at the road. I said, you guys get a new refrigerator? He said, yeah. I said, what do you think about this? We turned that refrigerator into a time machine. And we decorate it. You'll write the reports. <laughs> and I'll decorate the time machine. He said, sounds good to me. I rode my bike home, got some tin pans. That was going to be the controls. Got Christmas lights that we strung all around it. Got my mama's shower curtain that we ran. We cut holes out of both sides that we run over the front of it. Came back. We put it all together. We painted it up. Marty says, Burris, you are a genius. <laughs> we walked it to school. He didn't live too far from the school. We walked it to school the next day, and we stood it up in the corner. We were the last ones to go. We'd had it covered up so no other kids could see it. So we pulled the sheet off, and there was this time machine. The lights were flashing. I step into the machine. I come out, and I'm George Washington. <laughs> Marty has written this speech for me that was just unbelievable. Miss Brakefield was over there, and tears were running down her face. Marty, Marty, Marty has brought a cigar from his dad home. He's blowing smoke out of the top of the machine. <laughs> Man, this thing is legit now, I'm telling you. Lights were flashing. Marty goes in. He comes out Abraham Lincoln, four scored seven years ago. He's memorized the whole Gettysburg Address. Miss Brakefield, she just... <laughs> The kids in the class are giving us a standing ovation. She says, Marty, she said, that time machine was brilliant. He said, Miss Brakefield, that was Jeff's idea. She really lost it then. I had thought ahead. We had put a couple other outfits in there. We had a, one girl stepped in. She stepped out Pocahontas. <laughs> Another guy stepped out. He stepped out Benjamin Franklin. Had a kite and a key. They were bringing other teachers into the classroom. This was just phenomenal. Pastor Jeff, what does this have to do with church? <laughs> Can I tell you this morning, it has everything to do with church. But you see, God sees things in us that nobody else sees. God sees things in you that you cannot even see yourself. It would be great if all we had to do was step into a refrigerator box and our life be changed. But there is something that we can walk through, and that is experiencing the presence of God in the middle of whatever it is you're going through.
And in all things, God is with us, and your life can be changed. Some of you have become stuck in life in a place that you are only meant to be walking through. God calls you today to trade your old clothes, your hurt, your pain, your brokenness, your pride, and to put on God's forgiveness, His grace, and His mercy, His righteousness, and to make us brand new. Will you stand this morning? The Bible says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Well, your heads are bowed this morning. I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Who would say today that, you know, Pastor, man, I've, I just feel like I'm stuck in life. And I know God has a plan for me, and I've yet to see that plan fulfilled. But today I'm reminded of the beautiful thoughts that God has toward me and the plans that he has for me. And I just invite you to open up your heart to those plans and purposes of God. If that's your prayer this morning, just lift your hands. I just want to pray for you right quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Who would, who would say this morning, Pastor Jeff, you know, I'm so... Uh, thankful for church and for God, but you know what? I just, I just really struggle with having a relationship with God. And today, though, I want to recommit my life, and I want to give my life to Him. Maybe for the very first time, maybe you just want to recommit your life to Him. That's your prayer? Could you just lift your hands? I just want to say a prayer for you today. Anyone this morning? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand up there. Thank you. God, I thank you for these hands that were raised. Can we just all repeat this prayer this morning? Dear God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for reminding me today that you are with me and that you love me. Today I surrender my life to you. Today is a new day. It's a new start. And I ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. I just, I just want to say one thing, and I don't say this in a prideful way, but it's amazing what a refrigerator box did for this boy. My senior year, uh, National Honor Society, Who's Who in America, and my senior class president. And this is for a kid who had no potential. God can do the same thing for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. If I could have our prayer teams come forward, if you would like additional prayer today or would like to make a personal connection, we want you to know that we're available to you. We also have communion elements if you'd like to come forward and take communion. 
And last but not least, uh, we just want to invite you back next Sunday for Pastor Marcus. He's preaching a standalone message. I can't wait to hear what he has in store for us. Don't forget about the sausage biscuit, dads. Don't forget about taking a picture with your family. We'll see you again soon. God bless you.